following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Comcast. Hey again, everybody. Jeff Joniak and I, broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM, the 85 Bear, Tom Fair in the score studio. I'm at Hallisaw, and our good friend, Bears quarterback Jim Miller, joining us from his Michigan home. Good evening, everybody, and it's good to see football again. They're practicing. Well, you know, Jeff, the, the last three days we've been able to spend up at Hallis Hall, finally putting bodies in jerseys, finally putting talk with motion, and finally getting a chance to evaluate what the Bears have at this point in the season getting ready to you know to go into the draft. So I think it's a good indicator for Bears fans, for the members of the media, and for the players and coaches of what is expected of them. Yeah, it's an exciting time, and certainly, you know, it, it starts here. And the attention to detail, I think all the things uh, Coach Nagy's been talking about, you certainly hear the excitement. I saw Mitchell Trubisky, we addressed the, the media today, just talking about the layers of the offense, and I think there's a, a genuine excitement. But, you know, right now, this is this is the time that, that matters. It doesn't just start come training camp, all the hard work. Uh, of players that they've done so far with the workout programs. Now they're on the field to to apply what they need to be able to execute on Sundays to what? Improve their schedule or improve their, their win totals and have an opportunity to win the NFC North Division. You know, Je- Jeff, real quickly, one thing I did like over the last couple of days is the fact that Vic Fangio's back with the defense. And right now the defense is probably playing an yeah. eighth of a step faster than what the Bears' offense is. And you see some deflected passes by Prince of Mukamara and the other guys. But it's kind of... You know, usually when you bring in a new coaching staff, you have two sides of the ball trying to learn new terminology and new responsibilities. Here, one side of the ball knows it, and the other side of the ball is learning it. So I think that's really, ultimately, it's going to help the offense in the long run. Definitely can pick up where you're left off on the defensive side of the ball. Something Adrian Amos discussed at length today when he met the media here at Hallis Hall. We're on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Coming up in our second segment tonight, we'll be joined by a new Bears receiver, Benny Fowler, the former Denver Bronco. And we're brought to you by IGS Energy here with you until 7 o'clock tonight. Jim, you mentioned layers of the offense. That is what Mitchell Trubisky talked about tonight. And really, you know, Matt has been saying over the course of these three days, I just want to see him get out of the huddle clean, get to the line of scrimmage. Don't think too much and just get into your play and worry about the rest of this stuff as we move forward. Learn teaching moments. But the layers of the offense, that's the part that I think intrigues the people out there who love the X's and O's of the game. And as a former quarterback, what's he referring to? Well, I think he's all, you're going to have your base basic install, right? That, that's really where it's going to start. But even as these mini camps evolve, the different layers are third down package. You know, hey, here's going to be our our basic third down, you know, install package. One, to get everybody up to speed of what they're asking players to do and what they're going to want to execute. And then, of course, there's, you know, there's going to be other issues, first and second down play action pass or just your base run game on first and second down. And I think as it correlates to what Tom just mentioned on the defense, to me it's going to create more of a sense of urgency on offense. Why? Because they've got to catch up to speed very quickly. 
all right, because there's going to be a lot thrown on thrown at them in terms of the layers of the offense, and then they see the defense out there winning because the offense is just in infancy uh, infancy stages right now. But yet they're competitors, and they see the defense winning. As Tom mentioned, their defense is probably already a, a step or two ahead of the offense, and it's going to create a sense of urgency from those offensive players to get better quickly in order to compete. Because you know those type of things matter in those meeting rooms, like when the offensive coordinator, the coach says, "Hey, man, we." We can't have this out there. The defense is winning every single every single play. We got to go out and, and represent ourselves and what we need to do. We're not, we're not nowhere near where the level where we need to be. And I think everybody puts it in perspective that it's just being installed on offense. But at the same point, you're fierce, uh, fierce competitors, and you know it has to get you know caught up to speed quickly in order to really compete with the defensive guys on the on their side of the ball. Tom, two things stuck out to me today from Mitchell Trubisky. First of all. And others have written about it today. Very, very natural at the podium. We knew that from last year, but he, he seemed relaxed. He was energized. He was having fun. And he said a couple of things. One, he feels it's very natural for him to be in this style of offense with the run pass options and the getting the ball out quickly, some of those West Coast elements as well. Uh, as a quarterback feeling that kind of comfort in a system, what a great foundation for the rest of his career right now for Mitchell Trubisky to be feeling this way in year number two and and also feeling that he's been coached more than he's ever been coached because of what they put around him. Well, you know, all these different offensive minds. In the in the podium, he was bragging about that today, you know, from Coach Nagy to Coach Helfrich to Brad Childers, from Dave Ragone, all this advice he can get and then Chase Daniel and some of the other elements and experience that can come up to him in – you know, and and help them learn learn the offense. And like Jim says, there's a little bit you know speed up to it. But what I like in the last couple of days, Jeff, whether it was installing the longer passing game the last couple of days or going into the red zone today, is there's not a lot of balls on the foot on the ground. The, there's a, these guys are making catches. They're moving at a pace that satisfies the coaches. As this, at this point, I did see one pass today that was just a little mistimed between. Um, Mitchell Trubisky and Trey Burton. And the thing about it is, is that learning those instances where maybe they don't match up perfectly, they're going to be able to coach, talk about, and it won't happen again. So the positive signs were not a lot of footballs on the ground and the other, other elements, you finally have someone to talk to about your plays, not plays that you're watching of other teams have been running. The worst part about it, Jim Miller, it was three days and now it's going back to, you know, the rest of the situation with the off-season program, whether it be individual training now and so forth, but those practices that are so invaluable yeah. right now. It's like, especially with, I think Mitchell is just thirsting for this. Even the comments about his immense focus draw some, drew some laughter today, but that's how Nagy views Trubisky right now, and it is how he was last season. He's a focused, blue-collar worker and a blue-collar competitor. Always thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good to see, and again, it'll get reintroduced, reintroduced again after, uh, obviously, the, the draft. They'll come back, have another mini camp, and, you know, they'll be that much further along. But this material is going to get reintroduced, the layers of it from, like I said, first and second down to base offense, third down. Tom mentioned red zone. They're already doing that in a, a three-day mini camp, so plenty of layers that they're going to have to get down before the start of the season. Roster in continuous flux. They've added a couple of receivers, including one today. Marlon Brown has worked with these guys over three days of this minicamp, and Benny Fowler added to the mix. We will introduce you to the new Bears receiver coming up after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak with Tom Thayer and the Michigan State alum, Jim Miller, the former Bears quarterback here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score until 7 o'clock tonight. Time to introduce you now to new Bears receiver, Benny Fowler, kind enough to join us on the phone after three-day minicamp with the Bears and his recent arrival. You kind of just got dumped into the mix here, huh, Benny? How does how's it go these three days? Uh, it was good. You know, a lot of good energy in the building. Um, happy to be here, happy to be in the city of Chicago and with a great organization with great history. So it was good to get thrown into the fire real quick and, you know, meet the teammates and um, meet Coach Nagy and, you know, get everything going. Benny, throughout your your career, you've worked with a lot of different quarterbacks now. Now you've got a young guy that's got a lot of energy and a, and a high-moving system. Do you like this part of it because it seems like the other quarterbacks you've grown through the NFL, Mitchell Trubisky is, is a different monster? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's a, a first-round pick, um, has played well, um, shown a lot of potential. So I'm, I'm excited to play with him. And, you know, he has good energy and you – He's very smart and uh, understanding. Well, Benny, Jim Miller here. Welcome to Chicago. Should be a great opportunity for you. And let me just ask you from there. I mean, you're coming off your best season uh, as a Denver Bronco with 350 yards and just have improved every single year. Maybe maybe talk about that, how you could be potentially ready to, quote-unquote, have a, a breakout year and having that opportunity with the Bears. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm poised for a breakout year. I've gotten better every single year. Um I also bring a lot of leadership to this team. I've won a Super Bowl. I've played with, you know, guys who are going to get gold jackets uh, in the future. Um, so I bring that aspect to it. But uh, I'm very excited to have a breakout year because, you know, I've played behind two great receivers in Demarius and Emmanuel, two Pro Bowl receivers, you know, ever since I've been there uh, when I was in Denver, as long as uh, as well as Wes Welker. So, you know, um, I've learned from those guys, and I'm ready to blossom. Benny, uh, you're a Michigan State grad. I'm sure you heard of Jim Miller, right? <laughs> Yes, sir. I'm, I'm very familiar. I'm very familiar with him. <laughs> I know Benny too. I called a game out in Denver, and I looked to my right, and his parents were flying in for the game. So I had a great conversation. I got all the down and dirty on you, Benny. That's for sure. Oh, the crazy yeah, thing, Benny. He, you know, he's from Hollywood, Michigan, but you're from Beverly Hills. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, you, you certainly have the roots, and you know, with Allen Robinson being here. Uh, you've got a, a Michigan guy there, and I know you guys played AAU basketball together, right? And Deion Sims as well. Tell me, tell me what your relationship is with those two guys, and what that was like playing hoops with those fellas. Um, it was great. Uh, Allen is actually was the little brother to Deion and I. You know, Allen's a little bit, a couple years younger than us, but it is it's great to be on a team with people that you grew up with. Deion was my my quarterback in little league for for a season, so to be with guys that you know I've known since. I was seven, eight years old, and for us all now to be on the same NFL team is uh, incredible. And, you know, we're not too far from the city we all grew up in. So I'm excited about, you know, being on uh, the team with guys I grew up with as well as all the new faces I've met. You know, Benny, a lot in Chicago, the tradition of the offense has been more like a three yards of clown of dust run element to it. Now I think this is the most, you know, movement-related uh, offense the Bears are going to have. After seeing it for a couple of days, because we never knew what Coach Matt Nagy was going to bring to the turf, where do you see your set yourself fitting into this offense? Is it on the inside? Is it exclusively on the outside? Where where do you see yourself? I see myself all over the place. Uh, he does a good job of moving guys around and playing guys at their strengths. 
So there's going to be some times where I'm inside, outside, um, you know, on both sides. And everybody, you're going to see that with all the receivers, running backs as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a very exciting offense. I mean, you you see what he did with, you know, Kansas City's offense and all the explosive players that they had out there, and everybody touched the ball. Let me ask you this, Benny. How much carryover, and I know you've had some different play callers out in Denver from Gary Kubiak and even this past year with Bill Musgrave, but how much carryover from the Denver Broncos offense is there to the Chicago Bears system you'll, you'll be executing? Um, the system we had last year, not much carryover, but uh, when I was with Kubiak, this is a similar yeah. system. You know, the quarterback is on the move, um, yeah. zone schemes and uh, play-action pass, so it's very uh, familiar with that. Uh, Benny Fowler, our guest here on Chicago Bears uh, All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with you until 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, Benny comes aboard to help out the depth and uh, compete for a receiver position with the Bears. And, you know, this has been kind of your lifestyle, right, into the NFL because you had to work for everything you got as an undrafted guy. What is that? brought out in your personality and your competitive fire to have to go in this way as opposed to being a high draft pick? Um, it's always, I always have a chip on my shoulder. You know, even playing at Michigan State, you know, you have to have a chip on your shoulder. You you have to earn the jersey. Nothing is ever given. And uh, that's kind of the way my, my journey's been in the NFL. You know, I've had to earn my way, and I don't really mind that. You know, hard work doesn't really bother me. And, um, you know, I don't really take the NFL for granted. So I know I'm blessed to be here, and I'm going to continue to work like that. And, um work my butt off for this team. Hey, Benny, special teams in the return game has changed a lot, and it seems to be changing a lot in years to come. Are you a guy that's going to get in there and, and, and you know, be a challenge of Earth, you know, at the punt returning game or the kickoff return game, or even on the other side of the ball, some way in uh, Tabor's special team units? Uh, I'm going to help in every way to help this team win a championship. Uh, so I plan on being on everything that they asked me to be on, and um, I just want to be in there, and I want to play. I want to play every Sunday, and as as much as I can be involved, I want to be involved. And from this aspect, and I, I just know watching you at Michigan State and covering you, you block in the run game. It's demanded at Michigan State, and it's demanded out there for Denver. And you think about C.J. Anderson that had his first thousand yard uh, year last year for Denver. Just maybe let the Bears fans know what how much pride you take in that element, because certainly Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Uh, need to get open up some holes in in the run game for them to to get galloping. Uh, absolutely, I definitely take pride in that. And like you said, you know Michigan State, you know blocking for uh, backs like Le'Veon Bell, Javon Ringer, uh, Jeremy Langford, who was with the Bears. Uh, I take pride in that because those guys have to pick up blitzes when we're trying to pass the ball. So I definitely want to you know spring them to the second level and help them score touchdowns as well. Uh, Benny Fowler, our guest tonight on Bears All Access. Uh, Benny, you mentioned something I believe is significant, and no matter the role or no matter the experience, the fact that you are a Super Bowl champion does carry uh, some weight in a locker room, but it's cachet, and you had the occasion to actually make a play in that Super Bowl on a two-point conversion from Peyton Manning and the win over the Panthers. Uh, what did you learn from that experience as you watched a team become a champion? I learned a lot. There was a lot of ups and downs that year, and I learned that uh, not everything is going to go well in, in the season. Every, not everything is going to go perfect. Nobody would have ever picked us to win that Super Bowl that year, especially with Peyton getting benched, um, getting hurt throughout that year and missing seven games, and then, you know, uh, Brock coming in, playing well, and then Peyton coming back in the last game of the season. Uh, but I learned a lot about preparation. Playing year two years with Peyton Manning is 
um, really set me up well on how to be a pro and how to prepare, read coverages, understand film. So uh, I learned a lot, and uh, I appreciate Peyton and everything he did and taught me. Well, you, you basically got your graduate degree right there, didn't you? Yes, I did. (laughs) In football. Hey, before we let you go, and thank you so much for joining us tonight with Tom Thayer and uh, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak here. It looks like the Bears are going to be practicing with the Broncos in advance of their August 18th matchup against Broncos. Um, What should the Bears and your teammates now expect in terms of what they like to do and how they practice, how hard they work? Um, Expect expect a hard-working group. be ready for the altitude. You know, that's the biggest thing when you're going to play in Denver if you're not used to the altitude. Um, but, you know, we are going to practice just as hard. We practice very hard. So um, we're going to go out there and compete. Should be fun. Glad to have you, Benny. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Jim, Benny, always good to hear from you. Benny good to, good Fo- to see you, Benny. Congratulations. Benny Thanks. Fowler, a new Chicago Bear. Also the addition today of Marlon Brown just before we got uh, on the air tonight. Uh, he had workouts with the Bears. Um, they've also added Nick Williams, a defensive end, making roster moves, which we should expect right through the draft and beyond as the Bears continue to remake this roster. Coming back, we'll start taking your phone calls. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, sign your child up for a fun, non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp. Brought to you by Gatorade and Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. This is Bears All Access with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. Jeff Joniak with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to the score here until 7 o'clock tonight. Fellas, impressed with uh, Benny Fowler. I like his attitude. I, I think that's the attitude you have to have when you're coming in to a new coaching staff and a new head coach. And I think that's a lesson that some of these guys are going to learn, Jeff, because if you get kind of settled in your ways of preparation to the old coaching staff and that's think that you think that's only as hard as you have to work, you're going to be in trouble because everything – is sped up everything you need more hustle you have to impress the coaches more so you know during the course of the last couple of days I've been circling names of players that I think that it is a make it or break kind of year for them because of a new head coaching coaching staff where they're at in their career and what's expected of them to really make this a better football team I, I just think you don't sleep on a guy like Benny Fowler at that time I was calling Michigan State games and Keyshawn Martin was kind of the number one receiver, but Benny Fowler, I remember we went down and we played Alabama in the Capital One Bowl. And Benny, and it wasn't a good game. Alabama somewhat handed it to, to Michigan State, but Benny didn't quit that game. He ended up being the best player on the field for the Spartans. I think he finished with well over 150 yards uh, on that day, but he's just kind of a worker bee. And then even when he arrived at Denver as an undrafted free agent, he outworked their second-round draft pick, Cody Latimer, out of Indiana. Ultimately, ended up releasing. Cody Latimer here this this offseason but it was Benny who ended up being the third receiver uh, for Denver not their high second round draft pick and he somewhat just outworked him and and showed up made the big plays you mentioned on the two-point conversion in the Super Bowl when he was such a young player at that time for the Denver Broncos and he opened last season with two touchdown catches against the Los Angeles Chargers um, a three four five type receiver for the Broncos at that time and you know if you're just joining the program I was teasing Benny and and Jim because Jim is not there is no Hollywood, Michigan, but there is in fact a <laughs> Beverly Hills, Michigan. Correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> I did Detroit Country Day, though. So basically, we're talking the suburbs of Detroit or that or that area. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. And he's good friends with Draymond Green, so that there has to be some requisite toughness there, right? Because of Draymond. Yeah. Oh, he, he's a tough guy. He's a he's a willing blocker. He's not afraid if he has to go back in the in the return game. He was uh, very comfortable in that. Like I said, Keyshawn Martin was kind of the number one returner, and then Benny took over after Keyshawn Martin got drafted by the Houston Texans. So he's familiar and has done a lot of things. And like I said, sometimes it's just. You know, your opportunity, you know, out there, they've got some pretty good receivers and Demarius Thomas and, and what uh, Sanders bring to the table. And he mentioned Welker was on that team when he first arrived there as a rookie. It's tough to get on the field, but here he kind of carved out a niche for himself and had the, you know, even the veteran quarterback and Pete Manning had the confidence in him where they could put him in uh, in front of the second round draft pick, Cody Latimer out of Indiana. Well, you know, Benny Fowler, you know, he's an all around athlete. He's a, what, a hundred meter champ. He's a yep. long jump champ, won a state championship in basketball. And then you, when you talk Talk to him at this stage of his career. He's not a spoiled guy because you ask him about, does he want to be included on special teams? I guarantee you there's some guys that come into the NFL and when they're asking for special teams volunteers, they're looking the opposite direction. But I think he's the, that's the type of attitude you have to have that if I'm here, I'm all in. You want me to do anywhere offensively, you know, inside, outside, whatever you want me to do, special teams, whatever you want me to do, how can I contribute? So I, I think... That's I think though that's kind of the attitude you're hearing out of every player from the podium this week, from Nick Kwiatkowski to Jordan Howard to Adrian Amos, all of them. Three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. If you have questions here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, a schedule release just after our show at the top of the hour by the National Football League. Uh, you know it's been leaking out, of course, multiple reports saying that uh, the Bears are going to open at Lambeau September 9th, a Sunday night matchup. Fellas, thoughts? Oh, well, you know, it was <laughs> kind of funny, a, right? Wait, right. Such an exasperation no, from you. You know, it's kind of, I was thinking about this in advance. So I was reading an article before we got on here by HaHa Clinton Dix talking about the new elements to the new defense of Green Bay. So when Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy, Mark Helfrich, and the whole crew get ready for the Green Bay Packers, they're not going to have a template of what to study defensively according to down and distance whereabouts on the field. Green Bay is not going to show a lot in the preseason game. So when you talk about that game, you talk about the crowd element, the excitement surrounding it. I was excited when I first saw it, and then I started thinking about some of the pieces in place, about having a defense that is so unsuspecting at times that it could be difficult. Well, the Bears will be unsuspecting too, Jim Miller, from Mike Pettin. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're right. They got a new defensive coordinator up there. I've already uh, heard some comments from Haha Clinton Dix. Uh, uh, their safety supposedly there wasn't a lot of uh, accountability over the past couple of years uh, with with Dom Capers, and they try to claim that the defense is more likable and learnable with with what Penton's bring to the table. Bottom line is they have to execute their defense too. You know how how much install can they do? Are they going to be caught up to speed uh, defensively? And are there uh, some things that the Bears can take advantage of? And I think absolutely because it's kind of the the chess game that you're playing uh, with the unknowns. Also, offensively, how much different are they going to be? You know, there's no Jordy Nelson uh, that'll be lining up. It'll be interesting to see how they incorporate uh, Jimmy Graham. You'd like to think they have somewhat of a Jermichael Finley role from there. And let's face it, uh, their offensive coordinator, they've kind of overhauled their offensive staff. Joe Philbin now comes back in, and he's had a relationship in that position before uh, with uh, Coach McCarthy and see if they can get caught up to speed uh, pretty quickly because Alex uh, Smith, as we know, uh, 
has has moved on. Not Alex Smith. Uh, oh, geez, why am I forgetting him? Alex What's Van Pelt. Pit, Alex Van Pelt's who I'm thinking of. He's moved on uh, to the to the Cincinnati Bengals. And Edgar Bennett, a, a guy that we know well, has moved on in his coaching career as well from that standpoint. So they got quite a shakeup of their own going on in Green Bay. Tom, why'd you chuckle? Well, um, I, I I don't know. I just think of the Green Bay uh, rivalry, and I think that to me, I was thinking Vic Fangio. He's the one big guy in this game yes. because he has success against Aaron Rodgers against yeah. Green Bay. He's the one known. He's the one consistent. So, you know, we talk about guys that really got to step up to the plate. Um, and that's going to be the key ingredient here is how Vic Fangio gets ready to play against Aaron Rodgers with, I think a more talented group than he's faced him with last year. Home opener will be the following week on a Monday night. Uh, no more Legion of boom or doom or whatever you want to call it, but Seattle's still a uh, a pretty good football team with a very good quarterback in Russell Wilson coming to Soldier Field for that Monday night matchup. They've got a reboot going on up in Seattle. You know, isn't it interesting because all those defensive players were kind of the divas calling out Russell Wilson, and they're the ones that are all gone. Michael Bennett, he's out of there. Richard Sherman's out of there. Keeps on going with their safety. Uh, Potentially, he could be moving on as well. When you look at Earl Thomas, I think he wants a new contract. And they they have doubts about guys who can be lining up. You know, Cam Chancellor and uh, Cliff Averill, they may never be playing uh, football. Again, with the injuries they're trying to recover from. So it's going to be a much different team. They definitely have a reboot Still uh, deficiencies on their offensive line because Pete Carroll wants to continue to to run the football and, and build that, but it's going in a totally new direction. As again, he's overhauled a lot of coaches uh, in that building, and they're somewhat trying to to reload in terms of the talent level. And it sounds like that they're they're going to do it via the draft. So but you it, know, it, it's set to be a winnable game, I think, for the Chicago Bears. You know, very you, winnable. Unless and Jim, if if you if you never have a chance to go to a game in Seattle, I don't think you know how destructive mm. the noise is there. So I think there's a lot more even matchup when you get to play Seattle inside your own stadium. And so I, I do think that could be the difference in the game. Seattle has some great susceptibilities in their offensive line and they, they need to get shored up. They're, I think they're still undetermined at running back, really. And, and Russell Wilson is a great player. I mean, he can single-handedly exhaust the defense out there. But I think that first home matchup, Monday night game against Seattle, I think it's going to be excited and I, I hope the Bears fans have high expectations for that game. And reportedly, uh, Tom, you'll be eating your turkey in Thanksgiving in Detroit. Love it. So Love Thanksgiving it. Day games. Rob is our first caller tonight. He has a question for Tom regarding blocking schemes. Uh, Rob, do I have this right? Albuquerque? Yes, this is Albuquerque. I just got to say, guys, thanks so much. I so love your show. I am really excited for this season. I'm looking forward to it really juicy. And my question is for Tom. We hear these these uh, phrases, zone blocking versus uh, uh, power blocking schemes. And my my question is twofold. Can you briefly describe the difference between those two types of schemes? And can you tell us what you would be looking for next week in the draft if we're going to draft an offensive lineman, knowing that the Bears are going to a zone blocking scheme this year? You know, I, I think Harry, he said he invites a little bit more of a power element into the zone-blocking scheme. But if you're going to have a legitimate zone-blocking scheme, you are going to move in a certain direction. The defense is obviously going to be influenced. You're going to try to get um, 
blocks on the movement on these defensive players to get up to the second level. And then the running back is going to have to read the flow of the defense, the blocking combinations in front of him, how they're going to unfold, and then he's got to make his choice from there. That's why they call it a zone read. And that's not the way we existed. In, in our day, we had a very specific, we call the exact hole. And we are going to make an impact in that hole design and after we got the running back two, two and a half to three yards with a head of steam, and then he was going to be the player that he was blessed to, bl- to be after that. So we had more of an understanding exactly where the running back was going to run behind us. Nowadays, it's more of the offensive line trying to sustain blocks up from the first level to the second level. And then when there is a zone created, the running back will make his decision and burst upfield. Because that's why you always hear they put their foot in the dirt and they went upfield. That's because they finally read the opening and that was their decision. Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with us on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak here from Hallis Hall with the Bears wrapped up their three-day minicamp. 312-644-6767. More of your phone calls after this break here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Get exclusive access at the Miller Lite Bears Draft Party April 26th. Next week at Soldier Field, you'll meet Bears players, hang out on the field, and watch the draft live on the video boards. Visit ChicagoBears.com. That's going to be a fun night indeed. There is excitement galore throughout this city from Bears fans, certainly in this building and everywhere you go. Everybody's asking questions about what this team might look like. Uh, Too far out to say at the moment. The roster's certainly not complete, but... Some of the things you hear from players, fellas, as we bring you Bears All Access with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, uh, brought to you by IGS Energy. Uh, it, it certainly is something you can sink your teeth into right now. And I think you got to give all the credit at the moment to the front office for what they brought in, but also what Matt Nagy is like as a person and as a coach. All right, Jeff. breathes excitement into this building. So we have a snippet of what the Bears are going to look like, what their intentions are offensively, and we all know what their intentions are defensively because we know Vic Fangio. Has your or Jim mind thought changed at all after these last couple days in regards to the draft? I know the kid from Notre Dame, Nelson, is still talked about by everybody. It seems like it's a foregone conclusion. But has your mind, or Jim, has your mind changed after listening to the podium? Has your thoughts changed about what and who's going to be available? Yeah, well, I mean, it all depends, I think, on how the quarterbacks fall at the at the top of the draft. I think that's going to be a determining factor. Will Miami be a team or Buffalo be a team that tries to work? You know, here John Elway comes out. They got the number five pick at Denver. He says, yeah, we're, we're willing to trade out of that spot. So what team could move up? Is it Miami? Is it Buffalo? You know, I think that's going to determine whether top players like we're we're talking about, whether, say, uh, a Nelson, you know, falls to the Bears. I personally don't think he's going to fall there. I I really don't. I think he's thought of as that high of a draft pick. I mean, this guy could be one of the the best alignment ever taken is what what they're talking about. I mean, you draft him, you're probably getting a gold jacket guy. And I think people are talking about Bradley Chubb, uh, the NC State uh, pass rusher in that type of tone as well. But I think those quarterbacks, like a lot of things, they, you know, if teams got to move up there because they're worried about missing out on their guy, that's going to cause good players to, to drop to right into Chicago's lap, I would think. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. If you have a thought, you're on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Um, Jim, and I'll, I'll answer your question time in a moment, but you are talking to fans every day 
on Sirius XM NFL Radio on Moving the Chains with Pat. What are you hearing? Because all the, the guys who are writing about the draft every day and fueling everybody's fire about speculation and all these nuggets are insinuating that there could be some real head-scratching or at least eye-opening trades early in this draft. Beyond what we're already, what you already laid out, you know, it's it's been mentioned by many guys. Do you think that that's going to happen? Is that what your feeling is right now after talking to a lot of folks? Yeah, I, I do. I think, you know, the Giants, it'll start with Gettleman at the number two spot. So let's say if Cleveland, if they choose the quarterback that they like, uh, I personally think it's going to be Josh Allen, the big kid from, from Wyoming. But even if they choose Darnold, okay, then they've got a decision to make it Giants at two. You know, what are they thinking about quarterback? Are they thinking about the future from Eli Manning? I personally, I, I don't think Dave Gettleman's going to take a quarterback. I really don't. I think he either takes his guy at two, whether it's Saquon Barkley, or I think it would be Bradley Chubb at that point, or he finds a willing partner to trade down. And I think that spot would be Denver because I think Buffalo or Miami should be interested to get to that number five spot and then potentially trade up again to get to number two to get the quarterback that they want. All indicators are the Jets, they're smitten with uh, Baker Mayfield or potentially Josh Rosen at that point. I think the better playmaker is Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma. So now what we've seen there, what just happened, so if it goes quarterback, 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 then Cleveland will be on the clock again, and then they'll have a choice. They just signed Carlos Hyde. It would be either Saquon Barkley at that point or it'd be Bradley Chubb, I think it would be. And I think they would choose Bradley Chubb, quite frankly. Now the, now you're at the number five spot. As I mentioned, they already traded up to two. That would be the Giants. I think the Giants would love to have Quentin Nelson at number five for Eli Manning. Mm. And I think Eli Manning has many years left, more than three, where he could play high-level football, plus they drafted that kid from Davis Webb out of Cal last year who, all intents and purposes, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. Even the coaches uh, there, the previous coach, the interim coach, uh, Steve Spagnolo, said he really liked him and how he practiced, how he performed, his arm. He's a son of a coach. So I think Giants potentially could go Quentin Nelson at that number five spot, and he'd be off the board. But even think about that, good players are still there for the Bears. You know, you've got guys like Roquan Smith, Minka Fitzpatrick, Denzel Ward are on the board. Tremaine Edmonds is there, and they're all good spots for Chicago. Now the choice would be for Chicago or Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa, who's selecting from, would be would there be another team willing to trade up to get one of those quarterbacks that are available, and that would be the choice that has to be made at that point. See, Tom, my thing, and it hasn't changed, is that I don't care who it is. I don't. I just want the best possible player, as boring as that may sound to people, but uh, they just they continue. They they still would be beneficial to grab some a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. You know, uh, you look at the defense. Uh, is there an alpha right now in the defense? Is there somebody that you can turn to on that defense? Akeem Hicks could be that guy, but do you need more? It usually comes from levels of the field where you're seeing the whole field, whether it linebacker position or, or in the back end of the defense. So that's where my mind is. I, right I got now. a question for you though. And yeah. you, you have to answer him. You can't hee-haw around. <laughs> are, number one, are you glad that the Bears are not in the quarterback derby? Of course. Okay. Yes. Number two, any player out there, Jeff, who are you taking? Well, any player, period. Uh, yeah. I am, in, I am enamored, enamored with Saquon Barkley, no okay. question about it. I am. Because of, of all his innate ability and skill set, and it appears to be just a, a wonderful work ethic. But at the same time... And I wouldn't be a good GM for saying this. At the same time, the players that affect 
the passing games are the ones that are the quarterbacks or the guys who make life miserable for the quarterbacks. And so those are the guys that I need on my team in the first uh, first round of the top ten of a draft. All right. I snuck out of that one fairly well, don't you think? Let's yeah. go to Iowa, and Darren's on the line. Darren, uh, I also love this guy, Roquan Smith out of Georgia, linebacker. Whoa, heck of a player. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, I love Roquan Smith. I've seen him play for Georgia many times this year. The guy got to like a 4-4 speed. He runs sideline to sideline, and that guy can hit. How would you like him in the Chicago Bear uniform? My thing is, is he a fit? I'm going to hang up and let you talk. Thanks. Fellas? I, I think he's a fit in any defense. He's yeah. run and hit guy. You'd have two hot rods on the inside there. Roquan and Danny Trevathan both would be good in coverage and both fly to the football and, and make plays. I, I, there aren't many negatives to, to Roquan Smith. The guy plays football pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the biggest need of the Bears is inside linebacker. At, I think um, no slight to any of the guys that are out there competing competing but Vic Fangio can develop that position on that second level and an outside inside is an equal of importance so if that guy came across the board he'd be hard to pass up because he's like Darren said he's got superior speed but when you match superior speed with intelligence and instincts on the inside it's it's a great combination to have in the com- the complex offenses he's going to see well, yeah, and it's interesting. Well, I'm sorry. To, to, just let me say this, Jeff. You wonder what San Francisco's thinking because all the issues with Reuben Foster yes. right now, would they want to leapfrog the Bears? If they think the Bears are taking Roquan, you wonder if they try to work a trade with Tampa to try and leapfrog the Bears uh, to get a linebacker that probably could fit the role of Reuben Foster, who's dealing with quite a bit here this offseason for San Francisco. Well, when you watch that kid play, Roquan, he closes the gap quickly with his immediacy when he's uh, closing down on a, on a back catching a pass over the middle, but his coverage ability. And with the league as it is now, linebackers who can cover are premium targets right now. And that guy can cover. He can get you all the way back into the end zone and knock a pass out of the way. I've seen it happen. All right, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, 312-644-57, or excuse me, Thank you. 644-6767. I got Tom Thayer's (laughs) playing number on the mind. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller, Tom Thayer with you on our final segment of tonight's program. Just a few days away from the NFL Draft. And our next Bears All Access show will be Monday. So a quick turnaround, fellas. So I know we'll all be just digesting our draft homework this weekend, right? We haven't talked about it enough. We haven't thought about the mocks enough. We have to do our final preparation going to be a i'm not going anywhere i'm sitting in my office for 72 hours and i'm just going to work on the draft time but you know what it's different when you're talking about a team if you're talking about new england patriots they had everybody in place for all those years it'd be kind of easier to put that puzzle together here there's so many uncertainties about the way the bears are trying to put together this year's puzzle as much as we wanted to sit here and think our expert we knew a lot about what the bears are going to do last year when they came to the podium we all had a stunned look on our face so i i think it's there's more similarities to it but i'm glad we have a look at what the bears want to be and then i think you can make clearer decisions on the talent that's out there yeah just overall how you react to thing we've seen a record number of trades 
here in free agency too. I mean, look at the the number of trades. There's been well over 20 trades, and will it continue hmm. uh, on draft day? That's going to be an interesting well, part of it. New England's got assets. We know Buffalo's got assets. Cleveland's got assets where they could move up and down and make things really interesting. Well, it makes it fun, Jim, day. doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Makes it absolutely fun. it does. All right, Paolo from Lakeview, you've been patient joining the program. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, thanks, guys. Happy Grabowski Christmas or the schedule day in the NFL. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, I got a question. I got a question for you. They've seen this, I've seen the schedule leak in a number of different places, and what I see it's interesting. I'm, I'll give you guys' opinion on this. The Bears have four back to back to back to back games against the AFC East. Have you ever seen that before? And is there an advantage to the Bears in that? and that they'll be able to watch tape and sort of pre-plan for these teams because they're mutual uh, teams they're going to be seeing? Well, let me start by saying we don't have the official schedule yet. It'll come out of the top of the hour. We just hit a couple of them. But if that's one of the reports that we can talk about, well, you, Tom, you, we, you when know, we watch tape, when we watch tape, Jim and Tom, it is a great benefit the way the schedule is for teams, regardless of the year, because – you're seeing your future opponents from your division opponents playing them. So. Right. Well, you know what the thing about it, too, is but specific preparation for the person or the group or the defense you're playing against. If you see the the Green Bays and Detroits and Minnesotas and the teams you play regularly, they become more familiar with their habits, their personnel, and it's second nature. But when you start playing a bunch of opponents that you don't have a, a great familiarity with, you got to spend a lot of time watching tape in preparation for schemes, for the different difference in the languages. So uh, there's, you know, everybody's got to do it. It's just a little bit more challenging to the team and the coaches to, to make sure everybody understands their assignments uh, to teams they don't see very often. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not what he said. I mean, last year what the Bears had, the AFC North, right, with Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and I don't think that <laughs> I remember that being – yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that was too spread out when he would look at it. So they were able to beat everybody in the, the, the AFC North. So AFC East certainly has their challenges, and some other teams are you know have some issues that they need to work through. But, you know, they'll they'll play. You can only play what how the schedule is. You line up and, and play whatever lays out. So – you know, there's no sense crying over spilt milk. You just got to go get it done. This week on Inside the Bears, I sit down with new Bears tight end Trey Burton. And Akeem Hicks faces some tough questions from one of our Kids Club members. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime you know jeff you know one thing about you bring up the name trey burton it kind of ignites a thought in my head because i was thinking of trey burton what he is he going to add to this offense is he going to be a tight end that's going to be a, a bigger wide receiver that take advantage of mismatches on the exterior of the offense but i've seen him in in situations where he he does use his blocking skills. He's able to be have the versatility of a tight end. And I, I kind of got nervous when they signed him about being one-dimensional, but he's mm-hmm. a multi-dimensional tight end that's really going to be a neat asset to the system. And I also think it was kind of a snippet chance for Coach Nagy to get a look at a guy like Ben Broniger, Ben Broniker and how he could fit in, and Adam Shaheen and Deion Sims. It's a really important position to the success of this offense, and I finally he probably got a better understanding of what that position is about. Out. It, I think that's what got has everybody excited. Like you said, Jeff, when Coach Nagy is talking to the fans and, and having press conference where he says he's going to use these players as chess pieces. You know, he said that about Tariq Cohen. He said that about uh, Trey Burton and how they're going to move these players around at chess pieces. And I think it's it's a far different 
thought process than, say, a year ago when, when Tom brought this up about Dahl Loggins. Well, hey, the defense is kind of dictating to us rather than the offense dictating to them, hey, this is what we're going to do. you got to worry about it, not us. This is what we're running, and you got to figure out how to, how, to, how to stop it or how you're going to coverage it in terms of how they're going to use these chess pieces for the Bears offensively. Well, it will take some time. The timing aspect of it, that, that's where the reps come in. Uh, shared practices with the Broncos, I love it. I, I did yep. love it when they did it with the Patriots. You're talking about you know, an organization that has Tom Brady. You're going to learn something, and you're going to learn something from going up against the Broncos August 15th and 16th, they'll do a walkthrough on on the 17th and then play the Broncos on Saturday in Denver. Uh, how do you guys feel about shared practices? I'm okay with it. You know, I like, you know, to get exposed to a little bit different of a climate, a different atmosphere in training camp. And again, they talked about the elevation. It is going to be a factor. Played both at the Air Force Academy against the Denver Golden, the USFL, and the Denver Broncos in my time. So it is going to be a factor. But It'll be I a like factor the for the play-by-play guy, too. Well, you've got that psychosomatic <laughs> sickness that you'll be sick as we the plane is landing. It's it's embarrassing, Jim. Uh, altitude well, sickness. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the, the joint practices because you can maximize a lot of reps you know what's wrong with having say two two minute drills going on on two different fields offense versus defense I think you can get a lot more uh, accomplished and it's against a, a different scheme that you're you're practicing against every single day so I think they're extremely beneficial I really do you know what when the Bears uh, left New England Patriots after that week they came back with Craven LeBlanc so yeah. sometimes you get exposed to a little bit of maybe is there a player on there team that's talented enough that maybe we should investigate if things don't go well for him here it'll be fun and it should be fun monday a special ceremony here at hallis hall the official retirements after their one-day contract signings of devin hester and matt forte and tom um, and jim being around these two um, outstanding athletes in the over their entire career watching how they prepared, how they viewed the game, and talking to them at great length over the course of their respective times here about how they viewed their position, how they excelled at it. Um, it is a, a triumphant return, frankly, to, uh, to to retire Chicago Bears and how they got themselves professionally ready to play football. We saw Matt Forte do it at a, at a very high level and Devin Hester at a Hall of Fame level in the return game. You know, one thing I love about Chicago Bears players, they really get invested in the communities they live in and the town that they that they play in, and they come back to embrace the town. And I think it's really special for Matt Forte and Devin Hester to come back here and retire as a Bears because there's a lot of people in the communities that they lived in that supported them, that gave them a lot of positive strength and stuff and they gave it right back you know matt was a a really well-prepared professional athlete and devin hester set records that nobody will ever touch again so um i i never to be touched again yep that's a good point. They may never be touched again. That's a great point, Tom, with where the kickoff returns are going today. But you're right, a game changer. And to me, Matt Forte is just the epitome of class. Just how you represent yourself as a professional uh, athlete. Not only did he do it that way off the field, but just how he performed f- performed on the field is was really amazing. You know, Tulane, uh, think of the green wave and what he has done coming out of there. He has been an impressive, impressive player to Chicago Bear. Oh, they gave us a lot of great memories. And we got to create some new ones next week, fellas. Monday night, we'll be back on Bears All Access at 6 o'clock right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. So I expect you have your Bring draft notes game, right Jack. dialed up. they gotta be, they got to be locked solid, right, fellas? Bring it every right. day. What, are you making a trade, Jeff? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk.
Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Centerly. I want to thank our director of content, Dan Brilli, our coordinated producer, Jordan Treadup. Thanks to Tony Gill and Herb Lawrence, as always, and our special guest, Benny Logan. But most of all, thank you all for listening tonight. Until next week, for Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak, and thanks for listening to Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.